Welcome to another episode of The Difference. I'm Dan O'Donnell, WISN radio talk show host extraordinary. You can also hear me on WIBA uh, in Madison, streaming live all across the world on iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts. Video component as well. I am joined by Dave Spano. He is the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. This here podcast is the intersection between Politics and Economics, Wall Street, uh, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, K Street, J Street, and your street. And this week, Dave, uh, politics, you do have a number of statewide races on the ballot. We're recording this Monday, so we have no idea how those races are going to turn out. Although, as I was telling you earlier off the air, uh, given that I don't even remember who Glenn Youngkin, the Republican governor of yeah. Virginia, is running against, probably a good chance that he's going to cruise to re-election. But we're also talking about the the markets sort of exhaling a little bit yep. and, you know, sort of shaking off some of the doom and gloom. But I can tell you what, there is still a good amount of unease heading into 2023's last few months and beyond. You know, you said shake it off, and those people who are now listening to this podcast may not have heard us on the air when you <laughs> were giving me a barrage of Taylor Swifties. And I'm like, come on, man, live. Taylor Swift jokes. Yes, I said that nobody knows what's going to happen in the markets in November. They are a blank space. Yeah. The Federal Reserve appears to be saying to high interest rates, we are never, ever, ever getting back together. Uh, I hope that the fall and winter months are good for markets because it was a cruel summer and i've got a million how, of them, how do you know how do Dave? you know how do you know all this stuff? how do i know all these now, i've got a nine-year-old daughter oh, you're right. <laughs> and my what my wife is like taylor swift's biggest fan yeah. and she never was it was interesting last year at about this time when she released her midnight's album i woke up to my wife leaned over and basically in my face saying you've got to see this new taylor swift video it's oh, incredible no. it's a video for anti-hero yeah, yeah. and by the way the last thing that Jerome Powell, the Federal Reserve Chairman, wants to be is the yeah, anti-hero. Saw that. So he is going to, you know, do he's what a he can. He's a Swifty. That's no, he's not. Yes. He is a Swifty. Yes. Powell yes. is. Yes. Yes. Look it up. Yep. Really? I'm, yes. That's interesting. Yep. That's interesting. You know what? I was wondering why he is keeping markets bejeweled with lower interest <laughs> rates. Enough, enough. Uh, enough. Here we go. Enough of that. Enough of that. Right. Enough of yeah, that. but enough you're right. That. Yeah, the, the uh, markets did rally for sure last week. I mean, the S&P 500 up about 6%, NASDAQ up 6.5%. Those were the best gains since November of 2022, so for a whole year, in a large part because of economic influence by the Federal Reserve. They were signaling that they may be at the end of their rate hiking schedule, and of course, uh, Treasury rates came down significantly and because that happened the market rallied but November is seasonally a good time of the year if you go back 75 years it has been the best month for the S&P 500 averaging between 1.5 and 2 percent positive just for the month alone historically is that largely because of uh, companies hiring for Christmas shopping is it people starting their Christmas shopping what why is it that November. So is it just because September and October are typically not great? Well, there's all of that. So the thing that you have to think of, Dan, is what, you know, this whole sell in May and go away because 
you know, economic activity is affected. As we go into the fourth quarter, a lot of things happen. One of those is that companies are starting their earnings reports in October. That's, you know, the beginning of the fourth quarter. So you're starting to see earnings reports are generally better than expected, at least for this run. And so you're starting to see that, number one. Number two, you start to see buildup in GDP because of people are putting more inventory on their books, and that really raises GDP numbers. And so there's a lot of reasons because of that. But you know, sell in May and go away, that really means come back in October up mm-hmm. until April. So usually Q4 and Q1 are better quarters, and November has been good. And then you get Santa Claus rallies, and in January you get pension funding. So at the end of the year, there is some significant things that happen economically. It's just not black magic. But the reason why you look at those is where are we economically? You have to put that in there as well. And right now we had a huge GDP report that came out of the Atlanta Fed, almost 4.9%. Some of that was this inventory rebuild I told you about. That could come back now in the fourth quarter as companies burn that off. So the GDP report for Q4 and Q1 is far slower than what it was. So you may see this slowing down that the Federal Reserve really wanted. That's their target. It looks like they have been successful in trying to slow down the economy. Well, what I can tell you just in in our own business, and obviously I'm not going to release any trade secrets or or you know company projections or anything but in my business we are dependent of course upon advertisement and what we have seen is advertising sort of slow down mm-hmm. typically that's the canary in the coal mine in that companies will pull back on advertising and marketing budgets first yep. and you know and the, pay, the GDP- pay, and pay, and payrolls usually last right um, right. But layoffs, but those, you're starting to see layoffs. So I think a combination of the marketing budgets getting cut and payroll starting to get cut as more layoffs happen, I see where you're going with this. Yeah, I just, it, it, looks like we are at the cutting edge. I don't know how deep it's going to be. I don't know if it's even going to to reach the the uh, level of what would be defined as a recession. Who's, the who's yeah, who's, who's actual who's, the actual who's definition, definition yeah. not the uh, Biden team's definition where it's two consecutive quarters of negative growth. No, no, nobody ever called that a recession. What? <laughs> what are you guys talking about? Yes, of course, uh, that's what it is. In fact, there are also people who believe we might be in a recession right now. And I'm saying, well, wait a second. With the GDP number being an absolute blowout, how is that Well, manufacturing is. Manufacturing has had several quarters, probably four quarters in a row of contraction. And you look at uh, the number of uh, PMI, that has been below 50. So I don't think there's any doubt that you've seen a manufacturing recession. But a lot of economists, Dan, are talking about a rolling recession. So maybe pick on manufacturing first, and then they bottom out and start to recover. They were the first one in, they may be the first one out. And maybe the last one, it might be, you know, you look at energy, for example, who is doing really well, but you could see a rolling recession as well. I think that's a valid point. When you say rolling recession... So you talk about we're just kind of like flirting with yeah you just so first the manufacturing sector slow down and then we know what follows from that could be discretionary spending I mean there's no question that people are looking to cut their budgets you see companies like Costco and Walmart still doing well but some of the upper end retailers are, are starting to slow down so you could see sector by sector slowdowns how closely 
are analysts going to be watching the the retail numbers this Christmas? Well, season? for sure. Not where, but how are they spending as well? Are they getting? Uh, are they spending less in certain areas? You know, is it, for example, if they were the average spend was three hundred, is it now two fifty? And where do they spend? That's the other part of this. Are they going down market as well? So, and again, we've talked about this bifurcation in the economy. The top ten percent are probably not going to change their spending habits, but those people under the Mendoza lines call it fifty percent or less. They're getting crushed by this economy, and then the, from the fifty, the you know the middle section, they're probably going to just cut back, but not leave the market as well. And you need to know exactly where you are, how you're positioned in that market to ensure that you're ready for whatever happens. I don't think there's anyone that thinks all of a sudden we're going to go on a massive extended run uh, in the markets. But, but also, you never I know. think you never well, know. a lot of the a lot of the bulls have always been sort of tempered by this constant bearish sentiment that well, the recession's coming, the recession's coming. Although we've been waiting for that for essentially two years now, and and it hasn't happened yet. But and the you point remember, is, but you'll remember your friend over here said that anytime that you've got ninety percent of those economists saying we're going to have recession, just uh, don't hold your breath. I absolutely do. You never want to just follow the crowd blindly, and that's why you have to follow people who actually know what it is that they're talking about. The experts at Annex Wealth Management can help you know what you own and why you own it. With a free wealth metric, all you need to do is head to AnnexWealth.com and take care of that Annex wealth.com. You know, the other I mean, thing that's that's is concerning is geopolitical. You just can't get away yeah. from it. And, no, you, you know, can't. And we, you know, we were on the phone with some private equity firms out of New York and, and they said we are being cautious about how we deploy capital because of the uncertainty. So there's no question that that unrest and the fear that that could uh, spread has those who deploy capital that has them concerned and they're watching this Dan. And on top of that, you've got a presidential election. I mean, we are we are heading it. We're now a year away. We are less than a year away from the 2024 presidential election and an election that nobody wants the two people who are running. Think about that. No, exactly. And you actually have outright panic in the Democratic Party by a poll that was released over the weekend. New York Times Siena poll shows if the election were held today, granted, there is a whole lot coming in the 360 days uh, until the election. If the election were held today, Trump would win with 300 plus electoral votes. He would win the critical swing states of Nevada, Georgia, Arizona, Michigan, and Pennsylvania easily. The only state that is considered to be in play that Biden would win would be Wisconsin. Mm. This has Dems panicked yep. to the point where David Axelrod, one of President Obama's chief strategists and most trusted aides basically is saying, Joe, you need to drop out. Well, he also, you remember this last run. Bernie Sanders was the guy at the top of the ticket and all the Dems were like saying, it's not going to happen. He can't win the big race. He goes to South Carolina and the whole thing changed. So there's still a possibility that there's going to have a major shift because the Dems are pretty good at politics. They are very good at politics. And if all of a sudden they determine that there are enough polls like this. And believe me, if you're seeing a public poll like this, there must be some devastating polls that Democrats are running because this narrative is it 
it's getting out now for a reason. And I believe that reason is for the powers that be in Democratic politics to really say, is Joe Biden the best possible candidate? Here's the problem they run into. The heir apparent is already in the White House. She's the vice president. Her name is Kamala Harris, and she might be the one Democrat in America who is more disliked even by her own base than Joe Biden. That poll, did you see who wins in the race against Trump? An unnamed Democrat. Yeah, yeah. You get, and this, what this tells me is that this is going to be a race far closer to 2016 than it was in 2020. So you're going to have strong anti-incumbent sentiment, but you're also going to have, you know, Biden was that generic Democrat that was just put in to run against Trump. That's why every other Democrat got out of the race, because it was decided Biden is the guy that voters know, they feel comfortable with. His entire campaign was, I'm the calm, steady hand. I will return the country to normalcy after this circus that has caused so much damage. Well, he can't say that anymore, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So now his poll numbers are even worse than Trump's. Democrats' dream scenario has been for a long time to get the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, on the ticket. But then you have got a real problem. You think Kamala Harris is going to go quietly into that good night if Joe says, I'm not running for a second term? There will be a pitched battle mm -hmm. between Kamala and Newsom. California, much less, right? She is. Yeah. And Democrats are very good at coming uh, back together. Look at the 2008 primary where, you know, Hillary Clinton voters were so mad about how Obama supporters treated her and they still voted for him. They you think, voted you for think him if the Dems, numbers. if the Dems could get Mickey Mouse to uh, put parenthetically a D after his name, that's who they would run. They oh, just, they would run. They would. They would. They would develop an AI candidate if they could. <laughs> that would run and just be as just spout out as many generic slogans as humanly possible uh, that appeal to a left-leaning electorate. They do that in a heartbeat. All right, let me hey, let, let, let me wrap this up because I know we're getting yeah. we're getting to the end. So, by the way, I spent this opening piece talking about interest rates and the fact that the Treasury yields are starting to come back down. Mortgages, which were around. 8% are down to about 7.2, 7.3 and trending downwards. When interest rates go back down, we all know that bond prices go up and interest rates, lower interest rates are better for equities as well. You need to make sure that you are positioned correctly. If this is the beginning of something, we don't yeah. know that. But if you are, if this is the beginning of something, make sure you're positioned correctly with a fee-only fiduciary that brings in in-house comprehensive strategies. That is not a lot of folks who can say that, but that is what we do, and I hopefully this resonates. And I think it will. The place you go for all of that, AnnexWealth.com. Get a free wealth metric. Make sure you're positioned for anything. For Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, I'm Dan O'Donnell. Thanks for listening to The Difference. Annex Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Annex Wealth Management, its producers, hosts, or guests. The host of this podcast is compensated for his endorsement of Annex Wealth Management. Information presented should not be considered as tax, legal, or investment advice or recommendation or solicitation for the sale of 
of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risks. Neither Annex Wealth Management nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.